welcome to After Dark with Robin Andrew and the American Outlaw Platform, or you can catch us wherever you listen to your podcast. Tonight, my special co-host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Heather, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks. How are you? Good, Heather. Uh, Heather, I got to say, there is a lot that's taken place in the media. And I mean, I sent you a laundry list during our prepping session of things that I wanted to talk about. And at the top of the list is that the Democrat policies are failing America. When you look at the crime laws, they no bail. People can get out without paying bail. They catch them and then they release them. I mean, it gives a whole new meaning to the the phrase catch and release. Because if you remember back in the Giuliani days and Bloomberg, Mm -hmm. they were saying that they were catching, stopping black men and they were catching them and then releasing them once they found out they weren't doing anything. But now it's catch the person who has done something and then let them back out on the streets. The -hmm. legalization of pot, possibly Mm -hmm. psychedelic drugs. They hear a big push for that. Free needles, free shoot-up centers, homeless camps. And I think, and you yourself said, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow night, that when you returned to New York not too long ago, it was like zombie land with the homeless people, and you were accosted by a homeless person. So we're going to talk about that later mm-hmm. on in the week. And then the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workforce and our schools and beyond. It's it's not doing what it's supposed to do because I think, Heather, that it's creating more harm, especially mm. when you're not hiring the brightest and mm. the best. Mm. You're just hiring someone just to fill a slot because you feel that I need X amount of Black people, X amount of women, X amount of Chinese people, X amount of trans people. It, it's just, mm. it's gotten completely out of control. And then mm. the woke indoctrination in our schools, Mm -hmm. teaching our kids about things that their young minds aren't ready to handle. Yeah. And it seems as though all at once, it's just like a push to get this all in. And I'm like, what's the rush? And why are we even entertaining some of the books? And then you have the president of the Teachers Association, I think it was Randy Weingartner, who's being given a position on the Biden administration under the Homeland Security to be some type of czar. And she's supposed to be looking at, so we're told, at, I think, kids and education. But we know that it's a ruse. And I think that what she's going to be doing is pushing the agenda of indoctrination exposing our children to a form of sex education that they're not ready for. And then I think she's going to have her pulse, her finger on the pulse of those parents who are pushing back. She will report this to the HUD guy, the guy who's of a HUD, Mallorca, and then they will go to the FBI and the Department of Justice and then create their little list of parents who are domestic terrorists. This is not good. We also have the indoctrination of the trans lifestyle, which is front and center. Every time you turn on the TV, we're hearing something about the trans. No disrespect. You can be whomever you want to be. I saw this one joke. This guy said, you can be trans car. You can be trans couch. You can be trans whatever. But leave our children alone. And when the media says they're not coming after our children, they're not only being disingenuous, but they're flat 
without lying because we know that's what's happening. And the reason why they're doing it, as I keep telling people, is because our children are young and impressionable and their brains are like sponges. So if they're able to start this at an early age, the indoctrination with this is okay and you can be whatever, it will continue. And it's up to the adults, it's up to the parents to start pushing back. Lastly, want to talk about China. Oh, in India, because I read, uh, got an article today that in 2075, India will probably surpass America mm-hmm. as being the largest, the second largest economy behind China. Mm-hmm. I see that because we have a lot of Indians that are coming here on the H-1B-1 visa. They're working and then they're convincing corporations to outsource jobs to India. What does that do? It destroys our middle class and it builds up their middle class. Going back to China, while we're sitting around here trying to figure out if it's a man or a woman, they're moving full speed ahead because they play the long-term game and setting up all these little satellite Chinese uh, countries around the world. We found out the other day that they have a spy camp in Cuba although the Biden administration said it's not so. Then Tony Blinken comes out and says, it is so. Mm. We found out that they have the Chinese CCP police here in the United States spying on Chinese nationals to make certain that they're marching to their orders. The Biden administration knows this is happening. Why aren't they speaking out? Could it be that China has something on them? I mean, we have all this that's taken place. And Mm. the media... They're complicit because they're the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. But it does beg the question, their policies and what they're doing, Heather, it just doesn't work. Within Mm -hmm. the three years that Biden has been in office, look at how far our country has fallen. What do you say, Heather? Yeah, I mean, I think it's true, Rob. I I lately have taken to saying when when people liberals leftists try to discuss things with me for for years i tried uh, i'm not saying i'm perfect but i tried to marshal facts and logic and to be respectful and to you know argue in a way that wasn't um ad hominem and all i got was a lot of grief um a lot of personal attacks on myself being called a white nationalist, whatever that even means. If I have, if it means I happen to be a white person and I love my country, you know, okay. Um, I think it's a BS term. Um, you know, it's anyway, but the point is now I just say, you know what, just look around. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I don't really, you know, making the case and, and, you know, talking to people about it and trying to persuade didn't really do much. People weren't listening anyway. And now we're seeing the fruit of these bad policies. We're seeing crime and urban decay and filth and mayhem in New York City that I just got back from. We see inflation uh, continuing to rise, although the leftists like to say that it's it's slowed down, but it actually hasn't, it hasn't stopped rising. I guess it's just rising at a slightly 
lower proportion than it has been rising for the past three plus years. I mean, it's it's like splitting hairs, but the bottom line is inflation continues to rise. Um, we're in another pointless war with no end in sight. I, you know, I feel like it's it's obvious the country's not doing well in any major um, area. The mentally ill, I think, I mean, look, that can't be pinned only on the Democrats. I don't think either party has prioritized that, but they're roaming in the streets out of control, more aggressive mentally ill. And I feel sorry for them. I'm not villainizing the mentally ill. It's not their fault. It's these terrible politicians, terrible lack of priorities, crazy hard left groups like the ACLU that will not see reason or logic argue and and lobby for the most extreme point of view, which is that nobody can be involuntarily committed unless they're basically in the process of committing murder or suicide. And so we have the natural outgrowth of these bad, lacking in common sense policies. So I'm kind of sick of you know, talking to leftists about this. I have been a person who's tried to build bridges and talk for years. I got nothing for my trouble but insults. And now I just say, you know what? Just take a look around. You know, you're going to have a hard time making the argument that Biden's doing a great job and the Democrats are doing a great job. And I leave it at that. I, I have to agree with you, Heather, because every time you've come on the show, you've always looked at it from both sides. And you yourself have said that you've tried right. to speak with, you know, individuals on the left, although they, they've always attacked you. And it gets to the point that, like you said, just look around. I'm not trying, and I tell people, I'm not trying to convince you to be a Republican. I'm not trying to convince you to leave your party of choice. But I do want you to look at the policies and look at the things that are happening around you. And as I always say, I know that a lot of people have a visceral hate for Trump. And that extends over to the Republican Party. I'm like, but take Trump out of the equation and look at what he did. Look at his policies. Yes, he was blusterous and he was a bull in a china shop. But you look at what he did, the love for the country, and trying to make certain that everyone got a piece of the pie. And then when Biden came along with these ridiculous, absurd policies of, you know, and and the people behind him, that, that it just like trickled down the attorney generals and the mayors. Now, of course, he's not responsible for them. But once the person at the top wins, it's almost like a trickle-down effect. And then you have the George Soroses of the world, his son now, that are pushing these crazy lunacy ideas. I'm like, where is this coming from? Why would you want this? And it goes back to our young people. They're able to teach them this stuff in school that America is bad. Look at what America has done. America went around and colonized the world. America took the, uh, 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 well, the white man took America from the Indians and all this other silly stuff. And I'm like, if well, there's some truth to it, Rob, it's it, but, but hold on, Heather, but let me just say this. Mm-hmm. You look at every country, every country, there was a idea of reckoning whereby different groups took, robbed, stole, raped and cheated. You look at the Moors, 
they did the exact same thing. You look at the barbarians, even in Africa. But for some reason, we yeah. want to take all of this and say it is a white man's fault. But yeah. and throughout I'm... history, this has happened. One country has captured another. One yeah. country has been it's... dominant. So in my opinion, when I hear this and I see it, I'm like, Okay, I hear what you're saying, but look at the entire spectrum. It has always happened. And if it wasn't, I guess, the past couple of years, or not years, but thousands of centuries, if it wasn't the white man, it would have been someone else. So someone was going to do it regardless. But what has to happen is that it has to be put into perspective, is that this is what happens. We are human beings. Human beings seek to dominate. And this is what we have done. So to single out one group, I think they're the bad group. It makes no sense. And we're still doing it. Look, we're still we're in a power struggle with Russia that, you know, as you know, I've had a different take on this. We are not allowed to admit any perspective whatsoever. And I know that it's rough and terrible for the Ukrainians and they've been invaded and it's awful, but that's the only part we're allowed to talk about. We're not allowed to talk about how America, as the other big global superpower, poked Putin and Russians in the eye. Our elites did this for years and years and talk about dominating and trying to flex our muscles and show our power on the other side of the world. As you know, I believe that has, that's a piece of this, of why this is happening. That doesn't mean I agree with what Putin did either, but we're in a big power struggle that I don't think is necessary now between East and West. I mean, if people are so worried about, you know, big countries, strong countries and, dominant people throwing their weight around and using violence to assert their dominance. Why aren't they concerned about that? Oh, no. Exactly. Because it's happening again. Now, yeah, that's so pure and righteous because, you know, we're, and meanwhile, even if you believe that the Ukrainians are victims here, and I think they are, I don't think they're only victims of Russia, though. I think they're victims of our elites in their stupid power struggle with Russia, even if you believe that, I mean, how many more of them have to die? How many more years and years does this have to drag on? You know, while we tell ourselves um, that this is some pure, virtuous, necessary war. I mean, you know, I mean, if we're so concerned about uh, colonial kind of thinking and, um, you know, dominating other countries with our weapons and technology and messing around at other people, which I think is a legitimate concern. Uh, you're right. It's not unique to America. There's a million you know, different per- permutations of it in history. But if, if pe- you know, people don't even see that there's a version of this in our time with, with these uh, adventurous wars that are being sold to Americans as uh, great adventures with this crusader mentality. Meanwhile, how many people are getting killed, you know, and we're not allowed to even question it, you know, or even discuss it or we're branded uh, Putin apologist and disloyal, you know, it's just, it's mindless. And it's, um, I agree, very lacking in perspective, very tunnel visioned. Um, yeah, I was watching a documentary the other night about the Vietnam War and the French colonized Vietnam. And and to your point, I mean, that it's like, has the world learned a thing? You cannot change other societies with force. 
it, you know, it's immoral and it doesn't work very well. But, um, but you look at what's happening now, like you said, we're doing it again. They complain that white men colonized the world, they took over, but look at what we're doing again. We're going to Ukraine. Look at what we did with Iraq. Look at what we did to Afghanistan. And when you look at this, who's at the forefront? The Democrat Party. And they're the ones who are trying to call out. Well, Bush was Iraq was well, Bush. Bush was there, right? I right. He but, was his but war. Still. And you know what? Vietnam was Johnson's war. You know, I've just read a couple books about it, and it's true that you know the Democrats have actually gotten us in deeper. But at this stage of the game, Heather, at this stage of the game, when they're trying to be virtuous, when they're trying to point out, why aren't they pointing this out? Why won't they teach this in the schools? They won't. They're They're cheering it on. They're just exactly. They're cheering it on. This idea that and these young people, they don't have a clue as to what's happening. They're thinking, oh no, they're bad. These people are bad. I'm like, but when you stop and you look at it. I mean, that was a good point. Like you brought up, look at what we're doing again. We're going back to Iraq and who and what party is it? The Democrat Party. But they want to tell everyone else, all you people, these are toxic males and they're bad and they're trying to dominate. But you're doing the exact same thing. Look at what they're doing with what they've done to black people with the Democrat Party. They say one thing and they do another and no one wants to stop and point out what's actually happening. But you know what, Heather? on After Dark with Robin Andrew. And now, thankfully, that you're on, we're going to discuss this, and we're going to call it out because I'm sure that our listeners are aware of it, but there are other people that are listening probably tonight that are completely unaware of some of the things that we're pointing out about Ukraine, about Vietnam. You're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We've got to go to a commercial break, but come back and we'll continue this discussion about the Democrat-failed policies that are failing America. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger. 
but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. And we're back on After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special co-host tonight, Heather Robinson. And when we're talking about the fail, where, where we are talking about the failed policies of the Democrats that's really failing America and is causing a lot of harm to America. When we went to commercial break, we were talking about the different wars that we've been in. And as Heather pointed out, Republicans have had their share of wars with Bush, the second Bush, with both Bushes, the first Bush with Iraq, and then the... The first Bush, old Bush, forgive my, I don't mean to be disrespectful, you know, George Herbert Walker Bush, the first Bush, he, you know, the Gulf War, I think, arguably, we really didn't have as much choice. It was, you know, Saddam Hussein trying to take over the oil fields of Kuwait, which was crucial to the world's oil supply. And it really was a crisis, potentially, because he was a lunatic, even by the standards of the region. He was a very sadistic, crazy dictator who'd killed tens of thousands of his own people, etc., and was taking over. I mean, the oil fields of Kuwait, it was there was a vital economic interest. And it had a limited, um, as people often point out, there was a way to win it. This man didn't have nukes. And he, you know, there was a way to contain him and stop him. And without completely trying to transform an entire society of people who have a different value system, etc. I mean, it was a war of specific and limited objectives that had a path to victory. And, you know, in, in hindsight, it was managed well compared to these open-ended things where there, you know, I, I was talking to Amber Smith, who's a combat pilot, um, was a helicopter Kiowa pilot in uh, Afghanistan, brilliant young woman. And she is now outspoken in her critique of what we're doing in Ukraine and she told me when I interviewed her about the pullout from Afghanistan, I, I'm paraphrasing her, but she said something to the effect that if um, the United States is going to send our best and brightest young people over to potentially lose their lives and limbs, at the very least, policymakers and generals should be able to articulate what is the path to victory. If they cannot do that, they really have no business asking young people to lay down their lives. It's not good enough anymore to say, this is the just cause. You know, if there's no way to win it, you should not be asking young people to die for it, for these open-ended experiments and adventures. You know, how many of these have we had? How many times do we have to see a version of the same thing? Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq. Listen, I trusted our government. I, I supported the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. I didn't like the idea of war, but I felt that our policymakers and leaders must know what they were doing. Well, guess what? Apparently they didn't. And that's I not felt the same way. I felt the same way. I supported it. But just speaking about the war in comparison to 
the failed policies that are out there and the things that they're pushing on these young people. And they have no idea as to whether or not these things are going to succeed or not. And we see right now they're not succeeding. So I compare that to the wars that they've, oh, let's go to war. Let's do this. We, we have a way out and we're going to do this. It's the same thing with the policies. Oh, let's do all these crazy policies, catch and release. Let's just let the homeless people go and rule the day and do whatever. And what, what is the end game by doing this? What is the end game for a lot of these policies? There's what no, is the end game? There's no, there's no real concern with what the end game is. It's all theory to them. It's all, it's what they believe is right. It's what they, in their policy, you know, faculty lounge discussed when they went to graduate school. And so they're going to do an ex- social experiment on all of us, basically, the way they do with these wars. You know, I got into a debate today. I know I shouldn't argue on Twitter, but somebody, you know, and I, he didn't seem like a bad person, you know, but he just wrote, this is a fantastic opportunity for America, the Russia-Ukraine war. And I've heard this before. Why? Because we get to use all our weapons and see how they work, something to this effect, oh without God. Americans having to die. <laughs> So that we can assess Russia's strength and something like then, you know, eventually we'll have more information if we get into a war. Makes no sense. I thought to myself, this is there's this it doesn't make sense on several levels. First of all, given the fog of war, this could escalate into something actually dangerous for us. Second of all, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to say I'm an authority, thank God, on war, but I have read enough and spoken with enough veterans to know that war is absolute horror. And frankly, in order to win, you have to marshal your forces to want to kill without, I mean, war is a state of total conflict that most human beings would, you know, drop down on their knees and plead to God to be spared from. People have no idea what it takes to win a war and the level of horror involved, which is why we should not be doing this unless it's absolutely necessary. It's kind of like, you know, would you get into a street fight with the maniac to test your strength? No, if you're going to be dragged into a fight, you better goddamn well win it or else you avoid it. There's no, you know, that, and I I really think that's the problem. You know, I think that these wars are war games for some of the policymakers, but it's not a game for the person who dies or gets their limbs blown off. And I think Americans, you know, need to wake up and say, we've had enough of this. And by the way, the other problem is, what if we actually are attacked and this ceases to be a war game and we have to actually fight a war, a real war, which we haven't had to do. I mean, I'm not saying that, that, that our service members haven't. They've had to fight real wars. They've been on the front lines of these, you know, wars that were not, that were elective. So for them, I'm not for a second demeaning their service and the horror of what they went through. But I mean, the average American doesn't know what it is because we have an all-volunteer, amazing you know, fighting force that has done everything asked of them, you know, and they are heroes. But what I'm saying is that the average American has no concept of war. So what if we actually had to fight one to win? And that's what could happen if this ridiculous thing escalates. I mean, now we're using up a lot of our weaponry on something elective that 
we're not serious about doing everything it takes to win, nor should we be, nor should we be. I mean, I don't think we should be fighting any war that we're not prepared to, God forbid, send ourselves and our families to fight. You know, I mean, we should only be fighting defensive wars. There are other ways that we can be strong as a country and protect ourselves and strengthen ourselves short of getting involved in various conflicts in different parts of the world that are existential to the people there, but not to for us. So we're not going to commit endless resources and every man, woman and child die for Ukraine, you know, nor should we. And Russia knows we're not going to. So the whole thing never made any sense. I mean, it's the point is that the third reason it makes no sense is that we're depleting our resources on something non-essential to us. Exactly, depleting the resources. And I heard that said on more than one occasion. And whoever this person is, it shows you the mindset of the liberal mind. And that's scary for us to go out and test our weaponry and to see what Russia has. It's completely, it's ridiculous. It's conservatives who say this. Well, it doesn't matter, it's ridiculous. For anyone I to say that, is, I think it's you crazy. You have Lindsey Graham. You have Lindsey Graham, who's out there saying, "Oh yeah," trying to justify it. It is the exact same thing that they're just they're trying to justify with these crazy policies that yeah, make like no rhyme or reason. Some guy on the other side of town who's in a fight with some other guy and saying, "This is a great opportunity for this me. is crazy." I can give him some weapons and see how my gun works. And hey, it's no skin off my ass. But they have no skin in the game. So it's like, it's okay. Put your children, your sons and your daughters out there the same way that they're doing well, right now. attacks your house. Where's your gun? Oh, you gave it to the guy on the other side of town who you don't really know that much about, who's in a fight with some other asshole. And, you know, you figured you'll get to see how your gun works from the other side of town. And meanwhile... What if the guy he's shooting decides to come for you and you just gave him your gut? I mean, to me, this is just total testosterone-fueled madness. I don't see the logic. I, You know, maybe I'm missing something major no, Heather, here. You're not but... missing. There is, there is no logic. You have people that keep supporting. I remember Tucker Carlson, who was so completely against it. You had conservatives attacking him. We already knew that the left was going to attack him. And if anyone was against the war, it's like, oh, you're you're for Putin. And you're this is like, no, we're for common sense, which is this, the exact same thing that we're going through this warfare in our day-to-day lives by letting prisoners out of jail, criminals out of jail, rather, letting the homeless walk the street. And what type of virtue is that by saying, oh, well, they have the right to live out on the streets and put their pitch up their camps. And I'm like, are you serious? This is a United States of America. And we're saying that that's okay to let people sleep on the streets, let people defecate on the street, let them shower on the street, let them shoot up. That's okay. That's That's what we've come to. They have and people saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Them. I mean, well, how is that helping them? I mean, I don't exactly. know. How is it helping them? If they're able to, you know, they want to be a hobo or whatever, and they're able to bathe and eat, and, you know, <sighs> they, they're not threatening anybody. All right, maybe whatever. I mean, but I, we're talking about people who are out there on the streets making threats, having dozens of arrests, people who clearly cannot bathe and feed themselves left to Rome. Heather, it's it's like a third world country. I've gone to third world countries and I've seen this and it's very sad. And I never thought in a million years 
that that yeah. would come to America and some of our largest cities. But yeah, because of the policies, they're yeah. saying that this is okay. They have a right to do it. We should allow them to do it. And the mentally ill, I mean, it's sickening. I don't believe it. I'm like, just like every holiday, people, they become generous and they want to give to the homeless. They want to give the money. I'm like, but what about the other days of the year? What are you doing for them then? Now it's up in our face. Now we have to see it. Now we see the damage. We see what's happening. These people need help. Help right. is not it's on the streets. It's going to be expensive, but you know what? Maybe but we're paying for these ridiculous wars. Yes, yes. Maybe instead of hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars to foreign wars that are have really, frankly, nothing to do with us, maybe we should be building humane, as humane as possible, mental hospitals and and helping people who truly can't help themselves. But instead something that you right, I agree. You know, but doctors. but something something that you said earlier on to one of the broadcasts, you might have alluded to it tonight is that for some reason, Americans think that our democracy is for other countries. Our way of life is for other countries. What we're doing is for other countries. And that is false. It's wrong. We would like to think that it is, but it's not for every country. We had a guest to come on, and he even said once that our democracy, when you're bringing people here and saying, hey, live like this, they're completely in shell shock because this is not what they're accustomed to. But it's our own selfish way of thinking that this is the right thing. It's going to be okay. So when I look out on the streets and I see people that are there and then people try to justify and say, oh, no, but this is okay. They have a right. No, they don't. What type of humanity is that to allow people to live their lives out in the open on the streets? Mm-hmm. I'm like, just stop. It makes no sense as a civilized country. It makes absolutely no sense. The same way it doesn't make any sense that we're going to different countries and we're propping them up and we're giving them ammunition. I read the other day that Biden is planning on giving uh, Ukraine cluster ammunition. Yeah, yeah. And, and they talked you- about, they said, oh, he said, we would never do that. The same yeah. way they said we would never help. These policies are causing more harm than good. And I know a lot of people don't like Putin. But it's better the enemy you know than the enemy you don't know. We don't know who would get into office if Putin is gone. I think we stirred a hornet's nest by going in. And something else you said, Heather, uh, earlier on in one of our tapings about the whole NATO thing with Mm -hmm. Russia not wanting them to join. And now Mm -hmm. now Biden is saying, well, I don't know if they're ready for it, but we want Sweden and we want all these other countries. Why are we putting our – does this have anything to do with us? Why are we trying to stir this hornet's nest? If I try to be, you know, as calm and even-handed about it, I think the thinking was after World War II, you know, in, in Russia, the Russians took such massive losses. Twenty million Russians died. You know, there's very little understanding of their history here. Uh, Stalin was a monster in a lot of ways, but the Russian people suffered horribly. And you know, in the negotiations, they got, you know, all these lot of territory and so there was this sense that well you know the cold war that they were they were communists and they had uh, global ambitions but i think that because of that there was fear you know some of it justified some of it maybe uh you know drew, drew us into some conflicts that were not productive and yes i mean the 
former Soviet Union was a threat to our way of life. However, I think that, you know, the former Soviet Union is gone. And even Obama himself said, you know, he made fun of Mitt Romney remember years ago saying the 1980s want their foreign policy back. You know, there's this addiction to seeing the Russians as a threat to us here, because I think because of communism and the Cold War, and we all grew up hearing about it. And there was, I, th I think, more truth to that then than now. I don't think that the post-communist era in Russia is, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's our way of life. Look, Putin is, you know, by our standards, a bad guy. Okay, he's a, he's a dictator. He's, um, you know, he's jailing dissidents and people who disagree with him. That young man, the Wall Street Journal reporter, Evan Gerskovich, Jewish guy, you know, American being held for no good reason. Look, I don't want to live under Russian domination. I'm not saying Putin's a good guy, but I don't really. I mean, I do think that they have their perspective and their point of view, which is they feel very encroached upon by the West. They have said many times, you know, that we gave America and American diplomats gave them an assurance, verbally at least, that we would not expand NATO as far into Eastern Europe as we had. Now we have like 30 NATO countries. We did go back on our word with that. You talk about domination and, you know, power struggles and the way, whatever, the man in, in the liberal parlance, the white man has acted with imposing... I mean, you could definitely see this through that prism that we, the West has pushed further and further all around Russia. Again, of course, every news story we read, every, you know, discussion is Putin's brutal and unprovoked invasion. But if you just for a minute, allow yourself to see it from their point of view, they are surrounded now by NATO, which, you know, we call it peacekeeping, but this is a military alliance, which means missiles in all these countries. So it isn't just people sitting there singing Kumbaya, it's missiles being placed around Russia in various countries. And now, you know, not long ago, we announced we have the intent to bring in what was formerly part of the Russian empire, this Ukraine, right. which I'm no, not an expert on the you know differences between Russia and Ukraine. I know that, you know, they have their own distinct language, culture, etc. However, it's also true that that country was part of the Russian empire for a long time. Right. Kiev, you know, if you read Russian novels, it's like the third most important city beyond, you know, Moscow and St. Petersburg. It's a very, you know, complex and, and, you know, connected relationship between these two countries that really that part of it isn't our business. This is like, you know, their satellite country, which maybe they should be part of, maybe they shouldn't. Either way, I don't really see where it's America's place to be making this determination. And they don't see it that way. It would be like if they were trying to tell us, you know, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we, we, I, don't, I can't even exactly think of an analogy. It would be like well, if part well, of Heather, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to go to commercial yeah. break and we're going to pick it up on the other side of the commercial break and we'll be back. Thank you. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. 
Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. back with the last half of After Dark with Robin Andrew. When we went to break, Heather was just explaining to us about Russia, Kuwait, I'm not Kuwait, but Ukraine. And she made a valid point uh, when we were off the air about us being upset with China setting up a, I guess, a spy base in Cuba and look at Russia that are concerned about America or NATO or whomever setting up a base near their border. So, Heather, you want to explain that to our listeners? I was just saying that if, if, if we can step back, it's a simple sort of point that we know about the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? When, you know, this is back when Russia was communist, the Russians tried to put missiles in Cuba, and this country would absolutely not allow it. We would not allow missiles being placed, pointed at our shores. And it almost came to like World War III. We know, you know, Kennedy wouldn't allow it, and the Russians wisely turned around. Um, and now we're upset that the Chinese apparently have some spyware or something in Cuba. So if you look at it, from the standpoint of power relations and and turf and territory and the whole psychological meaning of that, you know, we would not tolerate Russia in our backyard. You know, they were another superpower, nuclear, etc. And when they tried to throw their weight around in our part of the world, we pushed back hard. So if you look at it in that sense, then really that's what they're doing they do not want us to set up a nato country on their border and what used to be in their mind you know part of their country okay they don't want that that to them isn't peaceful it isn't peacekeeping it's an aggressive move it's a declaration that we plan to put missiles right on their doorstep you know when we say we want to make ukraine part of nato so that's what this is about for them, I think. And that's the perspective that has not been allowed into our media, into our discussion about any of this. But if you look at it, and this isn't about thinking Putin's a good guy, I don't think that. I would not want to live in Russia in a million years, okay? I'm a journalist, I'm outspoken, as you can tell. I'd probably be jailed in a heartbeat, and I sure wouldn't want to live there, and I don't like Putin. But the point is, if from a strategic and logical standpoint, okay, that country is telling us, they did tell the West many times that that was an absolute red line for them. That if we push this NATO thing, I believe Putin said he would invade. 
he wouldn't allow it. And we were warned, our diplomats, our foolish, hubristic American diplomats and policymakers and generals, whoever is behind this, stubbornly refused to stop pushing this NATO thing. And, you know, what would it have cost us to just say, okay, we don't have to make Ukraine part of NATO. I mean, it wasn't part of NATO anyway. The whole thing is, from that standpoint, it's totally absurd. We have provoked this. The West, you know, America arguably has. Um, you know, and the Ukrainians, unfortunately, are caught in between. And I think that, you know, that doesn't mean that this wasn't Putin's folly also. Okay, but, you know, he wasn't going to tolerate, you know, what he views as the hostile West on his doorstep any more than we would tolerate it here. Good point. And I, these are all things that I don't think people have actually just sat down and thought about. Because the media certainly isn't going to spell it out because they're too busy flipping and flopping and going this way and that way. Any way to control the narrative. I guess this is all about papers. This sells papers, this war. I think that's part of it. And I think some people are sincere. They feel bad for the Ukrainians. We all do. It's an ugly thing. and Well, we feel bad, and war is an ugly thing, but to get us in a war that we don't need to be in, to lie and tell us that we're not going to do one thing, and then to turn around and, and we see that we're doing it, we say that we're not going to have put soldiers on the ground, and we see that soldiers are there. Okay, mm-hmm. well, they're not there fighting. They're there in another capacity. Yeah, and sounds familiar, right? Sounds right, right. Familiar. It sounds familiar. And then they say, you know, we're – we're embedded there, and it goes back to what we were saying during the first block, Heather, about domination, colonization, and who's doing it, and when is it taking place, but they yeah. don't want to call it out because that is okay. That's a virtuous, what we're doing right now. That's okay. We, we, can, we can do that, but any other time, we did it, and we can't be forgiven for it, so there has to be a price to pay. And as a result, we're just going to burn down the whole kit and caboodle. We don't care. We're going to let people do whatever they want to do because it's for diversity and equity. And now it's time for people to get an upper hand because they've been mistreated all this time. When does it end? When does it stop? And I know that it's not a popular thing to say, but I have said this before, and I will keep saying the whole idea, the whole thing with what America did to the American Indians, and we, there's constant penance. We need to cut it off. It's up. The gig is up okay that happened years ago and if they haven't managed to pull themselves up by the bootstrap by now then it won't happen that happened generations and generations ago we got to stop this because if we don't we will continue to put people on the pity list continue to find a group that we feel oh they've been marginalized oh we got to help them out it's time to stop it we've been woke enough it's time to wake up because these policies are destroying us and other countries are looking at us and they're laughing. They're laughing at us. We are a laughing stock because we can't get it together. We're sitting here with this crazy indoctrination and that we're pushing on our poor kids. Who's going to stand up for the kids? There's a movie that's out now, Heather, by James Caval, I think his name. And I heard that it's a great movie, and it's about the trafficking of children, and I want to see it. It actually beat Disney, the movie that Disney had out. 
at the theaters. And a lot of people, like, you know, of course, the media is trying to talk it down. They're saying, don't go watch it. <laughs> they don't like it when there's something that's good out there that's saying, yeah. look, we need to pay attention to this. And I definitely want to see it. Oh, but thanks for telling me, good, Rob. Thank yeah. you. It's a very Maybe big we'll, Yes, we'll probably, and we're we'll, facilitating we'll, it by leaving, you know, by by the, the terrible border problems. That just gets me crazy. It's like the left thinks they're being so humane. Meanwhile, you know, I wrote about this, but these policies are incentivizing people to use children to get into this country. And I shudder to think of how many more children have been trafficked, have been abused because of these ridiculous policies. You know, it's, 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 it's just horrible because now you can't hold a, you can't hold children. Anybody who comes with a child has an easier time getting through because of the liberals and their great compassion. They didn't like the family separation policy which was an unfortunate thing. But the reason for it, one of the reasons was because you can't keep children and adults together in a prison. You can't. And, you know, they wanted to make sure these families were really the families that, that people weren't trafficking children. That was one of the reasons they were separating families in, in a secure facility. But because of the liberal outcry, that was changed so now my understanding is that if you, at least when I last researched it, this was some months ago, and I don't think it's changed. When you come through with a child, they can't hold you for more than three days. They can't hold children. They don't separate. So they don't know. They don't always know if the people dragging children are really the parents of these children. They're just released into the United States and no one's tracking these children. So in other words, when they were being separated and held, you had you had a safer situation for children because it, it wasn't, you know, it's not as profi- profitable if you're a trafficker, right? And you are you have to wait for several months in a facility, a secure facility with the children you come through with, that's not going to be a very lucrative business for the traffickers because it's a slow process. Yeah. But if you can just come through in three days with a kid, it opens the door to all kinds of exploitation. It's Mm. terrible. Yeah. And they don't care. And again, another policy that has, failed, has failed miserably, and at the expense of our children or children being in harm's way. And the media will not report on it the way they should. They will not talk about it because they want you to think that everything is okay. And what we're doing is for the children, and it is not. What about our border czar, Kamala Harris? When was the last time she went to the border? Why isn't she being called out? Why aren't they saying, why hasn't she reported anything to us? They haven't done it because they know that she can't do anything and she's inept for that job. So best we not cover it or else people will wake up and then they will ask the same questions. But as I said, Heather, on After Dark with Robin Andrew and Heather Robinson, we're going to expose all this and we're going to call it out because it has to be called out and it has to be exposed because it's not good. Our children are in harm's way. That is another policy that has failed miserably. It has failed miserably. But Joe, of course, 
wants to pretend as if though in his administration that everything is okay. The whole idea of the war on drugs, where there isn't a war on drugs because little by little, we're making drugs, certain drugs, legal so that people can use and can have access to them. But I would submit to you, if we're saying don't smoke because it's bad for your health, how in the heck can smoking pot nonstop be good for your health? You walk around <laughs> the town. I mean, let's just think about it. Right. We're saying don't smoke because of nicotine, but they'll say, oh, well, there's some medicinal value with pot. And what is a medicinal value? Well, we're it can be helpful for people who are certain sick. people, but for regular yeah. people, wait, we're not talking about those people, but for other people who are just using it for recreational drugs just to get mm -hmm. high. And I would submit to you that they want to keep them high and dumb so that they're unaware as to what's happening in our country. Mm -hmm. They're unaware of what's going on so that when they do see the craziness, the homeless people that are out screaming on the streets, or they see people that are being killed, run down, shot down, when they see people that are living on the streets, they'll think, oh, it's okay. There's nothing to see here. This is all okay. But it isn't okay. This is a developed country. We should not be living in these conditions. It should not be this way. Two decades ago, we would have never thought that we would be where we are today. But yet and still, Heather, we find ourselves here with these failed policies that are constantly being pushed. No one is calling them out. No one is saying, let's look at this, let's study this. But we're busy. We want to study how the white-tailed bird flies from one part of the country to the other. What good is that going to do for us in our society? What good is that going to do to our children? What good is that going to do for to our economy? What good is any of this going to do? We're finding out now that look at air, air traffic. It's backed up. No one wants to say it. It's like, keep it quiet. And I saw something interesting in the news. We know that Biden just recently went to London, and he met with King Charles. I almost said Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Not used to saying King Charles. He met with King Charles, and he met with the prime minister. And when he sat down for tea with the prime minister, we saw the picture. He looked confused. He looked dazed. But one of the things I wanted to call out is that when he went to meet King Charles and the inspection of, I think, the army or the guards or whatever they call themselves there, that Biden walked out front in front of the king. Mm -hmm. I mean, he looked really lost. Now, remember when Trump was there. And he walked out front of the queen, and the media had a hissy fit. He broke protocol. How dare he? What is he doing? Now, we could say that Trump, being a novice as a politician, he didn't know any better. But then we have Biden. Why can't we say that Biden was doing it? Because he has mm, memory lapse, dementia. Mm -hmm. But they will mm -hmm. cover it up just like all the other failed policies that they're covering up. And um, the American people don't know it. And that is evident when you have people that are coming out saying crazy things like, oh, well, this lets us test our weaponry with Ukraine and against, against Russia. And this allows this. And oh, in Ukraine, they're going to beat, they're going to win in this war. It's like, folks, the war is almost a year plus years, I mean, almost a year, I would say two years old. And we well, still don't have an end. A year and a half, we still don't see an end to this war. We were told that if we gave Ukraine this and gave them that, they would be able to shut this down. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that noise, folks. And they haven't shut it down yet. What's going on? All lies.
all lies just to prop up this administration and to making everyone think that everything is okay, Heather, but it isn't okay. There's something rotten here, and it has to be called out because these policies aren't good for the people. They're not good for the country. It's destroying us. It's bringing us down. It's causing all kinds of conflict. And we're about to close this part of the show, and we're gonna. There's so much more to talk about that we're gonna have to talk about the rest of it tomorrow night. So you definitely want to tune in because tomorrow night, Heather's gonna tell us what it was like returning to the city after being gone for some time, and it was an eye opener. She and I we spoke about it. We were doing one of our commercial breaks, and I've been here the entire time, but I've seen and watched how the city has just slowly just went from something that was like beautiful, you could walk around, to something that's really scary. And I, I, it's like, this is my New York City, the Big Apple. How did we get here? How did we allow this to happen? because of the policies, the lack of policies, because people just decided just to give up. They refused to accept things that were in order. They just wanted to just throw their arms up and say, hey, I've had it. So we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. So you definitely want to tune in. As we come to a close, I want to thank Heather for coming on tonight. She will be on again tomorrow. And like I said, you don't want to miss that episode, because we're going to walk you through the changes, if we can, that or she's going to, what she has seen happen in New York when she left and when she came back. She's going to be looking at it from the point of view of when COVID hit, and then after COVID, pre-COVID, COVID, and then after. So you don't want to miss that. So you're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. As my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. Be blessed and tune in tomorrow night. But my host will be again, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Thank you. God bless. Mm-hmm.